1: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra
0: Demolder, And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like dating your boss, when rejecting someone goes wrong, and feeling your partner's absence. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we have no idea what we're doing.
1: No. not (laughs) Wow, that was is a slow yeah. <laughs> low energy <laughs> yeah we don't know what we're doing i'm totally unprepared for this so much so that i'm looking at an ice coffee that's almost gone an Nalgene of water that's almost gone and i am just realizing now that i will have to pee very badly at the <laughs> end of the episode because i have to pee right now in this moment right. so that's how unprofessional i am
0: no that's fantastic like i'm
1: physically not prepared for this episode in addition to my like professional inadequacies.
0: Yes. <laughs> we are really not planful people. No,
1: not at we all. We haven't
0: haven't thought about it.
1: Yeah. This is all to say please take our advice as you see fit. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. That's right. Welcome to episode 45.
0: 45 like President Trump. I know,
1: I know, I know, I know. I <laughs> Already thought of it. I I thought of it, and I was like, "Don't say, any, don't say nothing." Well, yeah, ugh, what a bummer.
0: I know. I'm sorry. It's I shouldn't okay. have said it. Let's
1: shake it off. We're gonna shake it off. We're gonna restart. Shake it off. Shake it off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What's our check-in topic?
0: What is our check-in topic? Oh, right. Uh good things that we got from bad exes. Ooh, ooh. And we're not just talking about like dick, but like. <laughs>
1: We're not talking like a T-shirt. We're talking like what no. are good things that you took from shitty relationships?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Um. You start.
0: Yeah. Well, this is what brought up this topic, which yes. is that I uh, make my bed every morning.
1: It's a beautiful bed, people.
0: It's great, and also I want to give Peter some credit because Peter also sometimes makes the bed, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to don't want to take that away from him. Right. Uh, but. I didn't do that until I started dating him, Mm -hmm. who's my awful ex who we do not name, Mm -hmm. um, because he always made his bed, and then it was just like sort of an expectation, and now I have come to appreciate so much crawling into a bed that is made.
1: Yeah, and it makes your house look beautiful, and I remember coming over, um, and when I lived with you over the summer, I think I just straight up asked you, I was like, how did you learn to make your bed, Mm -hmm. because I was struggling to make it a habit in my daily life, because... From my perspective, it's like you either make your bed, you were taught to do that as a child, or you or you live in filth. <laughs> and, <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, like an unmade bed, you just, like, fall into it. Whereas, like, a made bed, you're like, ah, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to be, like, the ah, oh, yes type of person. <laughs> and I, So I asked you, and you were like, oh, so-and-so... Taught me, and I was like, "Oh."
0: I mean, didn't teach me. You know
1: what I mean? But that's you. You you retained that.
0: It made me realize how easy it is to actually do every morning, and that you can just like make the choice. I feel like you're being
1: a little shady to me right now.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Uh
1: Uh yeah. What did I get from a terrible relationship? Um, I got some really good music.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep.
1: Um, speaking of my Nalgene, um, a terrible ex really got me to drink more water. Oh great. Yeah. um, and maybe like a stronger sense of self, like a phoenix. You know what I mean? Like they burn me to the ground. (laughs)
0: And then you rose from the I am essentially
1: Ben Affleck's Phoenix back tattoo. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Somebody Google it out there. He has this huge, terrifying Phoenix back tattoo. We have talked tattoos. Why do I keep back tattoo?
0: We have talked about his back tattoo on this podcast. Oh, before. we have? Yes, we have. <laughs> We're running out of For material, sure. <laughs> I swear
1: to God. Ugh, that's funny. Um, yeah. Can you think of other things?
0: Um, I've learned a lot about different musicals from like from people that I've dated. Yeah. Like I was like I was into musicals when I was uh in high school and college, but it wasn't until I started dating like gay men who are actually yeah. very into musicals that I started learning about some of the ones that I didn't know yeah. and have, like, really come to appreciate.
1: Oh, I have one. Yeah. Um, I think my most toxic relationship, it was the worst, but also, like, it was the most surprising. Like, I was older and I was like, I'm not going to be in an abusive relationship again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turns out,
1: psych. <laughs> um, I was with this woman, and um, she really, because she was controlling and toxic and just fucking bad shit. She, oh, like, in a way of controlling me, she she like pointed out to me all of the ways in which I let other people walk on me, mm. walk all over me, you know. Uh-huh. Like, but it was it was her way to isolate me, right? right. Yep. And it was like the total opposite of her behavior. Um, like she was very strong willed and, um, forward and, and, uh, would tell people exactly what she felt. And I'm like the total opposite of that. Um, and she pointed it out to me in so many different contexts, both socially and professionally. She's like, why are you letting that person treat you that way? Or, um, why, why didn't you say this to them instead of like whitewashing in it or like glossing over it, you know? Yeah. Um, And it was a really huge point of contention in our relationship because I felt like I'd never—I was, like, never enough for her or, like, I never spoke my mind enough for her and it made her, like, disrespect me. Mm. And it also became a big issue because— um, I she really truly did it to like isolate me from my friends and yep. colleagues yep. um because she no, nobody was like good enough to me or whatever. Um or I was too uh I was like too forgiving. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. And um and years after that relationship, I've slowly unpacked like That she was using that as a way to to control me and to make me feel small and to like always belittle everything I was doing. But the The scary part or the hard part was that she had a really good point <laughs> half of the time of that like yeah. I had a bunch of relationships in my life that um, weren't fulfilling me that were taking advantage of me mm-hmm. both professionally and personally and she was the one to kind of point out the the way that I made it easy for people to do that yeah and um in her controlling nature and and like really demeaning control over me. Um, She kind of forced me into being more bold and being yep. more assertive because I—it's kind of fucked up, but, like, I was a, afraid to not speak out against those people mm-hmm. because I was afraid I was going to lose her. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> but it, it did make me— um Like come to a head in some of those relationships, and which ultimately ended up being a healthy thing because I put up boundaries. But the boundaries were originally formed because I felt inadequate and terrified that she was going to leave me. Yeah. So that's really long winded, but that's good. She really. uh, What I took from that is it's okay to put up boundaries. It's okay you don't have to keep unhealthy people in your life. Um, non-romantic partners included. I'm um, like, I, I think I got stronger from that, but it was uh, not until like a couple years after that relationship that I truly felt like I could, I could understand or navigate that without feeling really crazy. To be honest, yeah, that got really real, really fast. But I, I, it was such a conflicting thing because it was essentially making me stronger. It was making me having higher. She made me have higher standards for my friends and family and colleagues. But she did but it in lo- a way to
0: isolate you. <laughs>
1: and lower standards for her. Yes. Like, she could treat yep. me however she wanted, and she could penalize me for not um, having higher standards to my friends, families, and colleagues. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Isn't
1: that weird, though? No, that, it's good. Like, that, that I learned to be more authentic and, like, um, outspoken because of fear, almost.
0: Yep. Well, I— I get that because, like, I'm also thinking about, like, I have learned to trust people more because I was with somebody who was so untrustworthy. Dang. Because it's like...
1: Dang, son. <laughs> right?
0: uh, so that's good. Like, I yeah. I have learned...
1: That's good. That's That's better than the opposite, right?
0: Right. Yes. Because I've, like, I have learned the ways to identify ways in which people are untrustworthy. Yes. And I'm like, no, those things are real. Yes. And so I'm not just crazy when I don't trust someone. I don't trust someone because of legitimate reasons. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not feeling that, then that means that that person is not doing things to hurt me. Like that means that I can trust that person because I've gotten so good at identifying when people are treating me shittily. (laughs) Totally.
1: Shittily. I love that word.
0: (laughs) Right? So essentially
1: our shitty exes gave us good music, making our bed, trust, <laughs> and boundaries. Yes. Cheers to you, son of a bitches.
0: I hope you son are a... well, but also not so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you Oh yeah, let's just let's just put out our wishes, to these people. Um I hope you're in therapy.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So badly, I hope you're in therapy. That's really what I think of when I think of her, is that mm-hmm. I feel so much hurt that I can't even like come close to processing. I hope you're in therapy and I hope you're single not because I don't want you to get some like <laughs> godspeed go have whatever. Um but because uh I I just I don't want you treating other people like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would say I hope that you have gained some self-confidence that isn't a like a front. <laughs>
1: Damn son. That was cold as ice.
0: Ah. Uh, and I hope that you have learned to love yourself as much as you pretend to.
1: Oh, fuck. <laughs> God, my best friend is the draggiest of draggers. I love it. God. I feel like you were just like channeling Meryl Streep in any movie ever. Like you were so ice cold and like and poised. Anyway, let's get into our
0: letters. All right. Um, This letter comes from Anonymous Anonymous, who is writing from The Void. Hey, Sierra and Sam, I'm a 23 year old and living in a big U.S. city. I'm a musician and was recently hired to compose and, and record a few instruments for a film soundtrack by an independent company that had won some grants. I met the director early on and immediately felt a spark. However, throughout my contract, I kept things totally professional. After we finished our last day of recording, I invited her and the music supervisor to a house show I was playing. I had never been there before, but it turned out to be a really awesome place. Right before I started playing, I saw her alone, front row, and she gave me a big smile. We had such a fun and flirty night. She met some of my friends. We discovered the apartment below also hosts shows, and we got to check that place out. And we smoked a bit on the rooftop, which has a gorgeous view. I walked her home, but I didn't make a move because it felt still felt too early to gamble our professional relationship. And more importantly, I thought she was a little too drunk for it to be a good idea. Good for you. We were invited back to Low Bar.
1: <laughs> Don't look that up, people.
0: <laughs> uh, we were invited to the... We were invited back to the same venue the next day, and we each brought a couple of friends. Another really good time, and we made plans to hang out a a few days later." Fast forward, we spent a day at a painting slash music jam party that my friends host every Thursday. I was Sam's so turned worst, off by that that I didn't notice. Sam's even know worst how to nightmare. <laughs> like, Anonymous, I, like
1: I'll see you there next week, but Sam's gonna shrivel up and oh die. Oh my god!
0: No, I couldn't even get the words out. That's how uncomfortable I felt. I'm gonna take you to
1: sip and paint one day. No,
0: I know, I
1: know, I know, I know.
0: I feel like why are we doing this?
1: Yeah, and you're like doing a paint by number, and I'm off like painting a nude of yes. just
0: like a vulva. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> (laughs) It's a flower. (laughs) Okay, Georgia O'Keeffe. She seemed happy. (laughs) Just back into the letter. Okay,
1: go ahead. Let's recap. Okay, the boss did, or like your your professional person, not making a move, but now you're like hanging out a little bit more. Hanging out
0: all the time. It's great. You're at a jam music party painting (laughs) thing. Sounds great for you. Uh, We made a cute painting together where I painted half a canvas and covered it up while she painted the second half. I
1: can't with this. (laughs) Okay, Anonymous, I love that.
0: (laughs) This is like my nightmare third date. Okay. Uh, She listened to me jam for a while and overall we had a great night. We live really close and she gave me a lift home. And we sat listening to music until past midnight, even though she had to be up at 4 a.m. to film a sunrise. I felt this was a reasonable time to make a move, and I told her I had feelings for her. She seemed happy and only a little surprised, but she said she needed time to get over her past relationship. I know she got dumped less than two months ago, and it was a long relationship. I said, I totally understand... She said she wants to hang out a lot, like a lot. We hugged goodnight and have been casually texting for a few days since. Not awkward, really good vibes, in fact. So to get to my question, I'm wondering how to best live in the next few weeks or months as she takes this time. I'm looking for something potentially lasting with her, not at all merely casual lust. I deeply respect and admire her work, and we have a lot of fun times and common values. I'm struggling to give her space without disappearing and to be a little flirty without pushing too hard. Mm -hmm. I'm debating if this is stupid to pursue someone in her position and risk the work we might do in the future. I would feel kind of jaded if I wrote off a person just because we work together. But you know the art world is tough and small. I'm also wondering, should I have made a stronger move, like just going in for a kiss one of those nights? I wrote no in the margin there. I'm also wondering, should I have made... Oh, sorry. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. P.S. I'm a huge fan of Sierra's poetry. Aww, it had thanks. a lot of views in it.
1: Thanks, Anonymous. Um, Thanks so much for writing. Yeah. I love this letter. Um, Let's just dive into this. First, I want to say, uh, good for you for being so respectful. Yeah. Like, way to fucking go. Yeah. Way to do that right. Like, not making a move when she was drunk and, like, taking your time. And, re- and not just... Res- not just respecting her as a woman, as a person, yep. but like respecting your professionalism and her professionalism,
0: absolutely. And like, I'm glad that you didn't just go in for a kiss and that you said instead, like, "I have feelings for you." Yeah. And like because that's like so sexy. That's like, yes, that is what good sexy consent looks like. Is right. like not just going for it, but instead being like, "Here's how I'm feeling. Are you feeling the same right. thing?"
1: Right. Um. Yeah, and just way to go. Way. Wave to be an outstanding human being. Yes. He, him pronouns? Yep. Great. Um, okay, so anonymous. Um, couple thoughts outside of your our congratulations for being like a good dude. <laughs> um I think that you did everything right and that taking time, like like pacing things, can often just feel awkward. Mm-hmm. But you just have to lean into that awkwardness. There's no way for, at least for me, for somebody like me and not somebody like Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam likes to take things very slowly oh, and like I takes a ton of distance. Yes. And, and I'm like, I dive right in emotionally, physically. I just want to, you to go grocery shopping with me immediately every right. day.
0: Yeah. The best thing you can do to guarantee that I won't like you or want to spend time with you is like trying to make me like you too much.
1: Yeah. I have failed at that. <laughs> I'm like, here, Sam, here, here's a present. And he's like, I have a new best friend. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, what I want to say is the the bottom line of this letter is, did I make a mistake? And we're saying no. You did a yep. great job. And yep. the other bottom line is, how do you take things slow? And I think that's mm-hmm. why we pulled this out. Other than the fact that you um, identify as a man and we get very few letters from men. <laughs> um, but... How do you take things slow? Uh, And the point that I was trying to make before, before I interrupted myself, is that taking things slow for people like me is awkward. That I I have to force myself to do it, Mm -hmm. and I have to lean into that discomfort and be like, I am being intentionally a little bit like non-intuitive right now. I'm going against my intuition for the greater good and the long and the the greater sustainability of this relationship. Yeah. Number one, she asks for time and space. Yep. Number two, uh, she didn't say no, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But you want to respect what she asked for and you want to build a healthy foundation because – Here's the one thing I'll say about this situation um, that might be tricky is she did just get out of a long relationship and it's fun to flirt with people. And she might be in not in not like a terrible uh, mean way. She might be like vacationing Mm -hmm. with you, like flirting with you um, as a way to feel it out, to see how she feels in the single world. And that doesn't mean she doesn't like you. Or that doesn't mean she dislikes you or is uninterested in you. It's just like, I would take my time with this woman, not just because she asked to, but because you don't know where she's coming from Mm -hmm. fresh out of this relationship.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is super important to take into account when you're in the situation, because you you also need to know what you want and to be able to ask for that as well. So she has asked for time and space, and that is great. And I appreciate that you're respecting that. But you also need to know what you want, where your boundaries are. Because if if she's like, I want time and space, and also I want us to hang out every single day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not time and space. Like, that is hanging out every day with you. That is getting... Uh, emotional validation and that is flirting that might be vacationing with someone um
1: like not physical vacation but, like, but the idea of yeah yep of that like taking sense, a vacation
0: right? from your relationship yes. into something else um and that's not that is not what you want right so like i get the idea of time and space and i think that you can absolutely take things slow and and um see each other less often and communicate less often right but but the fact that she in this instance sort of wants to have her cake and eat it too of i don't want to be in a relationship i want time and space and also i don't actually want space from you right means that you are the one that doesn't get a say in what you want out of the relationship accurate and so it's about boundaries right it's about how much do you love yourself and how much do you love that other person and where does that where does that connect and so What do you want out of this relationship? Do you want something long-term? Then you got to set it up. You got to make that explicit. You got to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise... And am willing
1: to turn around when she says, that's not what I want.
0: Yes. And that is that is the most important part and it is also the most difficult
1: right because you're like oh potential potential there are literally thousands and thousands of lovers of good true hearts out there that yep. are starving off of potential
0: absolutely right that
1: they they are they are spending years with people or with the idea of people yep because they're like so full off of this Empty potential.
0: Yes. And you deserve more than someone who is going to say that they don't want you, but then give you enough to make you think that they do.
1: Right. And I want to validate like artist to artist. I want to validate like the professional part of this.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. I don't
1: think you did anything wrong. Uh, by potentially moving forward in one way or another with this professional connection that happens in work settings all across the board and a connection, a good connection is a good connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 do appreciate that you were saying like, well, what about working together in the future? Am I making a mistake? But you also clarified a point that I'll echo back to you, which is you don't want to forego this good connection just because of fear, yeah. right? Of something going wrong professionally. As long as you can stand by your choices professionally and personally, then I, I think that's like a green light mm-hmm. in terms of moving forward with this person. As long as, like Sam says, you're taking care that you're respecting their boundaries and you're establishing yours yep. even more. Um, you're not being stupid. You're not being foolish. Like this yep. not. To me the biggest thing that i took away from this letter is a you're a good guy Mm -hmm. and b um this is a genuine connection yep right like this is somebody that you're genuinely interested in and you don't really know how to move forward Yep. do you have any like tips sam about taking your time for us people who might not want to do that (laughs) ever
0: um yeah i mean it is like i make jokes about it all the time but it is it is hard to do when you are Especially in a situation like this that feels so nebulous, around like, well, I don't know what time and space looks like, right? And we're also she wants to hang out all the time, right? And so that that is when those firm boundaries and those those like those really like definitions come in, right? Like, what does time and space mean? Does that mean that we um, we only hang out like once a week? And those hangouts are Right. right. and those hangouts are in groups of other people. Like, what does that look like for you? First of all, to maintain your own sanity in this, because like, this is a really weird and complicated situation to be in. And B, to respect the fact that she needs time and space, which is really great. And it's all the more complicated because of the fact that you work together too. And that makes the definitions and the boundaries that much more important because you want to make sure that you don't cross any line that could jeopardize your standing with her professionally either.
1: Absolutely. right? You
0: want to be like very clear about what you want and if she says no then like back off and if she says this then you need to be like okay but what does that look like then? But what do I want? Yes.
1: And I think that's anonymous like I think it's sexy and attractive um, to be so affirming and, and self confident to say yeah. she can be like oh I'm not really sure what I want but like let's hang out every day and then you say I love that. I love that you want to spend time with me but i really genuinely like you and i would love to see a future with you so until you're ready to move forward in this direction that i want to go in until we're ready to move forward together yeah. maybe we should take our time and um make sure that this develops in a healthy and sustainable way Absolutely. i would be like damn son <laughs> damn yeah
0: and i think that's what
1: you want to become mr demulder <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think that that is that's what needs to happen in this situation, because like this, this in between is not going to be good for you and not good for her. And that murkiness is going to create more problems than you currently have.
1: Totally. We hope this helps you, Anonymous. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. in the house
0: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q u i n c e.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just break up
1: All right. Our second letter comes from JB, who is writing from the middle of a cornfield. Oh, (laughs) and they write that is Illinois, but not in Chicago. And they have he, him pronouns. Great. I want to start out by saying a big trigger warning for um, some mentions of suicidal ideation, some emotional abuse and instability and sexual violence. I'm a 21-year-old cis dude finishing my third year in college studying computer science and English writing. The whole time at this school, there has been one girl on campus who has tried to be, but is is incredibly not subtle about having interest in me, despite me not returning those feelings at all. Even during freshman year, when I made it clear that I was notably not on the market, she still pursued me. Come sophomore year at a Halloween party, she happened to be there and very drunkenly tried to make the moves on me, including sloppily pulling me in for a kiss. I said no, saying that I was really not comfortable since she wasn't sober and while she didn't try to kiss me she did keep touching and grabbing me throughout the night for the next year she continued to make passes at me sending me texts snaps friend requests the whole kitten caboodle oh my god I love that you said that <laughs> um, do you know what a caboodle is no okay so my 80s babies out there um, a caboodle will know what I'm talking about but a caboodle is like a a, a plastic makeup Case that like opens and has like multiple like oh, yeah. drawers mm-hmm. and it like opens up like a magical little kingdom mm-hmm. and you can put like crafting in there. And like when I was little and in dance, we had it for our dance makeup. Oh, cute. All right. Sorry, JB. <laughs> you started this. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Uh, Even though I would respond pretty much uh, to none of them due to not knowing how to politely say no and not wanting to directly hurt feelings. Cut to Halloween next year. I'm a junior and she's a senior and she sends me texts that leave me feeling incredibly worried for her safety in terms of possible self-harm or even suicide. I hastily head over to her dorm and she walks me to her room where she then proceeds to turn down the lights and have me lie down next to her in bed. At this point, I probably rolled my eyes, but she clearly clearly didn't notice because she proceeded to unload a mountain of intense emotional shit on me. And while I don't want to tell her story or anything, it feels important to mention that it, it included mentions of assault and suicidal ideations and how being sexual often brings her comfort when she's feeling down. We, more accurately, she, eventually got onto lighter topics of classes and mutual friends and the like, but my responses were very short and non-conversational. Again, I didn't know how to express disinterest without really hurting feelings, and I felt like she couldn't leave right after. I couldn't leave right after she dumped years of emotional trauma on me. She mentioned a mutual friend of ours and said, I think he's bisexual. Are you bisexual? My straight boy ass literally just shrugged and went, I don't know, maybe. And she responded, well, why don't we find out? And aggressively kissed me. Small detour? What the fuck? There's so much to unpack there. Like, how does me having sex with a woman prove or disprove my potential bisexuality? I just, uh, question mark, question mark. Never mind. Mind. let's move on <laughs> there's then 20 to 30 minutes of awkward incompatibility unpleasant forceful sexual activity in which i am completely incapable of getting turned on despite her unyielding effort afterwards feeling incredibly uncomfortable i tell her i should probably get going she responds with a total the total tubular and fun thing uh, to say of if you leave i'm worried that i'll just hurt myself again So at this point, I'm trapped in this room and I proceed to have the worst night's sleep I've had in a fucking hot minute. When she wakes up, she makes a move like she wanted to try again at last night's activities to which I lie and say I have an early morning class I have to get to, but we should get lunch later. At lunch, I have one of the proudest moments of my life where I set super hard boundaries saying I have no interest in her and I do not want another night like that with her again. She then loudly unloaded more trauma at me in the middle of the cafeteria, which I responded as calmly as I could, and we proceeded to have a semi-normal conversation for the next 20 minutes before parting ways. Since then, I have gotten texts from her, but I'll see her around campus all the time, And all I do is wave and move on. So after that long-winded story, here's the point. I'm slowly realizing that this was an uncomfortably straightforward instance of abuse and or assault. Immediately after the fact, not seeing the gravity of it or claiming it as abuse, I found a lot of humor in it because it was so incredibly awkward and so... the. So not pleasurable for me, but the more I think about it, the more clear it becomes that it's actually really not funny at all. I mean, the bisexual line is objectively the most ridiculous and unsexy shit ever, and I will laugh at about that nonsense until the end of days, but otherwise, it's just a big old yikes. This happened almost six months ago as of me writing this letter, and it's only now hitting me how fucked up it all is. I talked to my best friend about it, but other than that, I have not told anyone, including my family, even though I'm very close with them, and I know they will be supportive of me. I feel embarrassed talking about it to people as it is a sexual encounter, but also because it's the only one I've had since breaking up with my most recent girlfriend. Plus, I feel a lot of people at my school would react with a, quote, "'Well, what did you expect?' As she tried regularly to make moves on me, and this girl has a, a reputation for being a sexually active person." I guess my question is, what the fuck does one do to start growing from something like this? Is the move to lean into the embarrassment a bit and to share it with people I know to support me? Does a confrontation need to happen with this girl and I? Is this something I'm going to have to disclose to future partners? Obviously, professional help is going to be a big part, and I have a counselor I trust at my school. I just haven't shared this with him yet. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear what y'all wonderful human beings have to say on this situation i always learn so much from your podcast even though i get called out pretty much every other episode
0: (laughs) true so cute
1: um jb thank you so much for writing um i don't love that this happened to you but i love um the way you wrote this letter Mm -hmm. um feel very kindred with you and uh yeah i think sam and i just want to start out by saying we're so sorry that this happened to you absolutely you didn't deserve any of this um and hopefully we can help uh build up those next couple's head and heart work steps to 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 help you process this Mm -hmm. um i i also want to um like start off by saying the way that you've processed it so far is absolutely a hundred percent normal. Yeah. Um, there are so many instances of sexual assault or sexual abuse in which um, victims will not be able to fully uh, intellectually or even physically sometimes process what happened to them. Yep. Um, and that's just your brain surviving, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and we'll talk about ways to move forward or to uh, heal through this or process it in whatever way you see fit. Um, but I just want to say quickly, one, we're very sorry this happened to you. You didn't deserve it. And two, the way that you have processed so far is absolutely normal and okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, it is uh, helpful, I think, for me, too, to to hear from other men who have gone through experiences of sexual assault, um, because it is often something that is weird to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think especially for you as a as a straight man, too. Right. Like, I think that there's like a certain level of understanding that, like, gay men can also be assaulted. Um, but the idea that that non-consensual sex can be perpetrated by anyone of any gender
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: is something that we definitely need to have more conversation about. Um, and not to the, the distract from the reality that women are significantly disproportionately affected by sexual violence, but to acknowledge the fact that they is uh, nuance and that there are more than one types or there's more than one type of sexual assault.
1: Absolutely. And it's
0: important for us to talk about all of them so that we can talk about all of it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was just sitting here as you were talking, I was thinking about the representations of like um, people who have experienced sexual assault who are not, women Mm -hmm. um and i and i do think it's so often portrayed as something that um is enacted by hypermasculinity in Mm -hmm. one way or another like the dominant angry man commits assault right? right yep um and we see that in uh in in archetypes of sexual assault with heteronormative couples we see that with um uh assault on children and we see that in so many so so many um uh homosexual relationships mm-hmm. however just like you said there are so many different ways for sexual assault to happen and to, yep. and so many different ways that it looks it can be perpetrated by anyone to anyone yep. um and that is something i think that's other than the fact that this letter no matter how, like, heart-wrenching the topic was, it was written in such, like, a humane, mm-hmm. like, personable way. And I think I was very drawn to that. I was especially drawn to the, to this point of view, this this narrative yep. that we don't hear from very often. Um, specifically, and I want to name it because it is the one that we probably talk about the least, is that women can perpetrate sexual violence Absolutely. against men.
0: And JB I want to say that Sierra and I are calling this sexual assault we're calling it sexual violence um and we don't want to label for you what happened to you. Right. We are we are labeling this based on our definition, our working definition that that Sierra and I talked about when we talked about this letter. Um but we also don't want to take away from you the idea that you can define it however you want to. Exactly. If you don't want to call it sexual assault, you don't have to. You can just call it a thing that happened to you. Right. Um But we're going to continue to call it sexual assault just to because that's that is how we are viewing it right right now.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I think that this is. Unfortunately, just a. Perfect example of. The baggage that we can bring into relationships when our brokenness goes unseen, unheard, unhealed, mm-hmm. yep. um, the ways that our brokenness becomes literally starved for anything that makes it feel acknowledged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm and I'm talking specifically about this woman, JB, that it's so. I don't see myself in her, in her actions towards you physically, but I do see myself in her in the way that she is obviously hurting in so many immeasurable ways that would cause her to do this to you and in the way that she did it to you. Absolutely. Right. There are so many cries for help in this. um, And that's the last thing i'm going to say about her yep because you, those cries for help are not things that you have to answer absolutely not and because she put you in the you you did um what you felt like you had to do in yep. that moment to keep that person alive right and how fucked is that yep um i'm getting like physically anxious and and upset right now just thinking about it because I, too, have been in those situations in which somebody is emotionally and potentially physically manipulating me to the point where I overstep my own personal boundaries because I feel like if I don't sacrifice myself for them physically and emotionally, um their lives are in my hand. They're my responsibility. Um, and if yep. they hurt themselves, it's on me and I'm the bad person. Mm-hmm. And that's just fucking textbook abuse right there, period. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's why we sign up for this uncomfortable head and heart work is so that we don't enact this abuse on other people. Absolutely. Um, and I just I hate that that happened to you, JB. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that, like, I feel you with my whole I, I see you with my whole body, my whole life experience. I recognize this so hard, and, and I and I just hate that it happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's it's not yours to to, to carry. Um, and like Sam said, the same way that you can label this however you way you want, you can carry this however you want. Mm-hmm. We have a narrative when it comes to assault that is one that. It will gut you, right? It will destroy you. It takes something from you. You yep. are changed forever, and all of you might be changed forever from this, mm-hmm. but you are not less of a person. She yep. did not take anything from you. Um, she is the broken one, not you. Yep, you are a whole intact—I uh, mean, intact person yep. right now who just has another life experience that you can gleam perspective from.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about the questions that you asked at the the end of the letter and like, let's go through them one by one, because I think what is so, what is so remarkable about your letter and I think what resonated, what makes it resonate so much with me and Sierra is that these questions that you are asking are, are questions that we have also asked, totally. like in this order, in understanding our own experiences of, of sexual violence, of sexual assault. And so like, um, We just want to we want to talk to you about things that we have thought through in our own experience and and in the hopes that they will be helpful for you.
1: Right. Um, I'm going to before I get into your question, I'm going to say to uh, you, you had a line about what the people at your school how they would react. Um, first of all, fuck those people. That's your story, that's your experience. You can give it out as much or as little as you want.
0: Absolutely. Like, this doesn't you don't you don't owe this experience to yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah, like
1: I just want you to I want to invite you to get those people out of your head right now. Yep. They don't matter. They don't. Sam and I matter. <laughs> <laughs> like our opinion matters right now right
0: yeah absolutely well like you did right far- into us so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> as much or as little as you want it to matter absolutely um but like fuck those people fuck the culture that thinks a, um, a man can't be put in this position right um yeah don't worry about them it yep. doesn't matter yep. and also like that's victim blaming as fuck. Um, that's slut shaming as fuck towards her. Yep. Like, it, there's so many toxic things that I just don't want you to make space for. Yep. Like, create the peace in your head. Um, so let's go to your questions. Um, first, how the fuck does one start growing from something like this? Mm-hmm. Hey, I think you're doing it.
0: You are. Yep. It's,
1: it's just one day at a time. It's 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 one hard conversation with a friend at a time. It's it's listening to podcasts. It's going to your counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, how you process through something. It's there's. Never a step-by-step manual. Truly, Absolutely. you're you're doing it right now yep. in this moment. Your body is ch- is is processing and changing and healing right now, cell by cell. Yep. You are becoming a new, more whole person.
0: Absolutely, and I think one of the things um, where that growth also happens is in is in learning to. Release yourself from the feelings of guilt that mm-hmm. you are feeling about this, and like that thing that you said about your your people at school. Like you should have known better. Like she was sexually promiscuous. Like you shouldn't have gone to her room by yourself. Like that's that is victim blaming. Right. Right.
1: You're saying like, well, how could I have prevented this? Absolutely. You were you were making the choice that you had to make at that time.
0: Absolutely, and that's like that is one of the first things that that. I had to Mm -hmm. process through in my experience. Like I invited the person into my house, right? (laughs) right? Like I invited him over and, um, and so like, but I had to release myself from that and be like, even though I invited him over with the implicit understanding that we might have sex doesn't mean that I deserved what happened to me.
1: Exactly. I always tell people you can, I don't care if you showed up naked at somebody's doorstep. Yep. If you, did if you were put into a situation that you didn't want to be in, um, if you verbally or non-verbally said no, if you verbally fucking said yes because you felt pressured or unsafe or anything, or or you felt like this woman's life was in your hands, right? I don't, I don't, I don't care what you know what is true, yep. and in your heart right now, you know that this is not something you would have agreed to if she did not emotionally and physically manipulate and abuse you.
0: Yep, absolutely. Period. Period.
1: Um, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Got a little angry there. Um, next question. Um, does a confrontation need to happen between me and this girl?
0: No. Nope. It does not need to happen.
1: It can happen.
0: It can if it, if that's going to be helpful for you. But. But yes. I,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I want to clarify. It totally can happen if you feel like that's going to bring you a sense of um, empowerment. Yep. But I do I do wanna warn you away from looking for closure from a woman who is is hurting so much she's bleeding on everything.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're not gonna get you are not gonna get the apology or the closure that you are seeking from her because she is incapable of giving you either.
1: Right. Um she she is trust me, she is hurting too much to see through this.
0: Absolutely. Right. And so we're we are cautioning you against the confrontation, but we also want to say it doesn't need to happen. But if you want it to happen, it's up to you.
1: Yeah, because also on the flip side, like this person obviously needs to go through some radical, uncomfortable growth Yes. so that they can stop hurting other people because they're hurting so much. Yep. But that is not your responsibility. Absolutely. All right. Um, Is this going to be something that I have to disclose to future partners? totally depends.
0: Absolutely.
1: 100% depends on what you're comfortable with. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not a broken, lesser than person. You are whole. You are safe. You are healing. And if you feel like disclosing this to your future partner, that is something that you should totally feel empowered to do. And if they have a negative sexist reaction, (laughs) that person's not for you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's not This is going to sound really weird, but it's like, it's not a thing that you have to disclose. It's like something that you get to make the choice to disclose. And like, and disclosing that to someone that you love and trust and having them understand and affirm that can be one of the most powerful and connecting uh, ways that you can engage with someone. Absolutely. So you don't have to tell anyone if you don't want to, but you can also use this as an opportunity to show vulnerability and to share parts of you that have hurt and and allow other people to, your partners, to love and support you in spite of and because of the hurt that you have been through.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the last question is, is the move to lean into the embarrassment a bit and share it with people I know will support me? Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of goes back to what we've been saying repeatedly It's this is your opportunity to 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 take something that was out of your control mm-hmm. and make it all yours. You yep. have the autonomy over this experience because it is a hundred percent yours. Yep. Um. And I do want to say that sharing it with other people will help normalize it to you will help um, will, will potentially help you uh, bring some healing or some catharsis or understanding even like I understand most of the things I experienced by talking them out loud to loved ones that I trust. But if you don't want to talk about this, if you don't want to, bring it forward. You don't have to rip this from you. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have to be something that you need to confess or you need to write a poem about or you need to right. um, like, bring to your family and friends. Um, this can be whatever you want it to be. Again, Absolutely. the, the, the social cultural response to rape victims or sexual assault victims has historically been one that it's like, this is going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. This is going to gut you and forever change you. And I'm not saying it doesn't have the capacity to do that, but I do think that we have to include in our narrative the ability to move on in whatever way, big or small. And so. If you, JB, want to just move on with your life, because it sounds like you have a really healthy understanding of how you can do that, and it sounds like you have a good support system of friends um, on campus, you can just move on and have this be something that happened and something you refer back to for future, for references, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, You you get to decide what the narrative is in this, right? You get to decide how you use this moment to help you grow or to tell your story or to connect with others like this happens to you right. but it is your experience and so you get to decide what you want to make of it.
1: Right. Totally. Um and and just to clarify if this does end up bogging you down or if this has other impacts on your mental health or your physical life that's okay too. Yep. We're not sitting here saying Um, Fix yourself. Yeah. 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 We're not saying like, just choose a positive
0: attitude, you know, (laughs) Um,
1: whatever unfolds is okay. You are okay. We just want to make sure you know that um, you have the ability within yourself to carry this however feels most natural to you. The narratives out there aren't yours. You belong to you. Yep. We hope this helps, JB. We we believe in you. We're so glad we wrote you. We wrote you. <laughs> We're so glad you wrote us and that you trusted us with this. Good luck with the rest of your semester. Um, You're probably gone by the time it's, this yeah, airs. Probably. Yeah, but <laughs> Um The
0: feeling is the same. <laughs>
1: yeah, we love you. Thanks for writing.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and...
0: Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm a 25-year-old cis woman in a monogamous relationship. I have a sort of question about my relationship. Could also just be a conversation. My partner's pronouns are he and him. He is absolutely amazing. We have great communication and literally almost no issues. We're always honest with each other and both push each other to be our best selves. We're both constantly are doing head and heart work as individuals and as active participants in this relationship. I'm so grateful for him. We are married now a year and a half and have been together for longer. Six months after we got married, my partner got diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS.
1: Mm.
0: Nothing has changed, but everything has. Mm. There have been multiple hospital stays and many different kinds of treatment. He is also diagnosed with mental illness, so sometimes the treatment for MS for an MS relapse will affect his mental health. Side note, we live in a country with socialized healthcare, so that's not really a concern whatsoever. Oh my God, wildly jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to reiterate that there's absolutely nothing wrong with our relationship, and I have absolutely no desire to leave him. I love him and want to be with him no matter what. The issue is, when he's gone, I miss him. During his hospital stays, I can't always stay with him. I'm in university and will not sacrifice my grades or future for time with him in the hospital. He's a big supporter of my learning and I know I need to take care of myself in order to take care of him properly. But it's so difficult having a partner who's absent physically and occasionally mentally. We've been together for four years and I have a hard time falling asleep without him holding me. Lastly, lately my past trauma has been popping up more often due to stress and he would always help me through that. Occasionally I think about seeking that kind of comfort elsewhere. I don't want to act on that and I always feel horrible thinking about it. He's the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, but it gets really hard sometimes and I just want to help take that weight off. Am I a bad person? I know you can't just turn off thinking of others when you get into a monogamous relationship, but I feel horrible that while he's going through so much, I am thinking about things like this. Love you both so much. Always grateful to hear your insight. Thank you, Anonymous, for writing this.
1: Thank you so much. Um, can I marry you two and get in on that healthcare? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry I didn't lead with that joke, but
0: just just in case you didn't know, um health insurance in the United States is very expensive. Yeah. Ugh, so dumb. I know, it's ridiculous.
1: Anyway, um Anonymous, thanks so much for writing. Uh, I wanna just uh start by saying I think the number one thing we should lead with with is that you are not abnormal or wrong for having these thoughts.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Getting
1: married, being happy, committing to monogamy, being in love does not make distractions or desires go away. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't. We want to pretend that they do. And I'm sorry if this is like crushing someone's dreams about like what meeting their like dream partner will be like that all of a sudden you guys are in a vacuum and your past is erased and your (laughs) desires are erased and you never dream about fucking anyone else ever again. Uh (laughs) But the reality is you um, have a dream about cheating on your husband or you miss the physical touch of someone else. Like we are allowed Mm -hmm. to in our bodies. We can hold more than one emotion. We can be madly in love and happy with one person and want the physical desires of someone else. It's just a matter of, like, what are our boundaries? What are our relationships with our morals, our our mm-hmm. goals? You know, like, are we going to act on these things or how are we going to process them? Right. But I, I just want to clarify, Anonymous, that— these things are normal these things that your experiences are normal especially in your circumstance mm-hmm. you are under stress like your your relationship may be happy but this is stress yep. and what do we do when we're stressed we look for comfort
0: absolutely that's right and um I can only imagine how difficult it is to have your husband be so absent from from your life on such a regular basis and I know that like um, even with being uh, with dating people who have had mental illnesses, who have, like, had to check out for significant periods of time, like, it's hard to go through life missing that person and also be going through your own mental health issues and knowing that that person doesn't have the capability of, like, taking care of you in the way that they have in in the past. Totally. And, like...
1: Because it's different. It's a, it, it is. It's, yeah. The one thing that I have come to terms with this year is that like all things change Mm -hmm. and our brains, our hearts want to assume they stay the same. Yeah. But when you marry someone or when you get into a committed relationship with them, what you are agreeing is I will be with you as you change Mm -hmm. if we still can be, you know, like it's, it's saying I'm going to marry you. I'm going to commit to the change of life. I'm going to, I want to, I want to change with you and grow with you hopefully. And this is part of it. And, And it's hard. Change is hard. And, and you're the things that you're wanting from your partner are really reasonable things.
0: They are. And I think that, it's also reasonable that your partner can't give them to you right now, right. too, right. right? And that's and that's he didn't what,
1: sign up for this either. This I is know. new for him, absolutely. Too. And
0: I think that's what's so, um, what is so heartbreaking about your letter is that that neither of you chose this place where you are at, right? And you're both trying to figure out what does it mean to continue to be in partnership together, right? And I want to say to you, um, that. It is up to you what what you need to do, what you want to do in this situation. And, um, and if you want to remain, remain monogamous to your husband, I think that that is fantastic. And there are ways to find the connection that you're looking for that are not in a romantic relationship with someone else. Yes. Right. There is the I mean, a therapist, first of all can help you work through the stress that you're under and the the trauma of of past stuff that is coming up for you right now. Absolutely. Right. You can find that person that can help you talk through those mental issues that you're going through that isn't your husband because he's not there for you right now. Right. Um, and that person will be someone who you can't have romantic feelings for because they are, you are paying them to talk to you. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, can you rely on friends? Can you rely on family? Can you sort of build up the support structure around you um, to help support you in those times of need? Can you be vulnerable with other people who aren't your husband to to help you work through that while he's not able to do it?
1: Yeah, totally. The other day on a, like, a couple of weeks ago on a Patreon episode, um, yeah. Sam and I were talking about, like, some personal stuff that we were going through. And Sam brought up how he's not drinking in the month of May. Yeah. And he said—I'm "Some going to paraphrase you, but you were basically like, I don't feel like I'm giving up drinking. I feel like I'm gaining, like, a good night's sleep, mm-hmm. less empty calories, a little bit more clear-headedness, you know. Yep. Um, and I thought that was so such a powerful um thing, like approach to be like, "I'm not losing something, I want to look at what I'm gaining. I want to mm-hmm. highlight the 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 plus. And And why I brought that up, anonymous, is I do wonder if in in the act of resenting your centering yourself or recommitting yourself to your husband privately, you mm-hmm. could be like, You could write down what matters to you. Um, You could write down what you need from a relationship. And maybe at the top, it's like partnership, um, friendship, uh, support, uh, physical touch, emotional Reassurance. I don't know, yep. uh, a family one day or or whatever. I don't know what your like pillars or the things that are important to you are. Um, but, I, and I want you to then look at them physically on the paper and think, okay, I'm not getting a lot of this right now from my partner. Maybe I'm not getting the physical comfort or the intimacy from, from him, but can I uplift other things? Can I see what I am getting? Mm-hmm. Well, we are furthering our commitment and deepening our connection to each other because we're helping each other through this hard time. Absolutely. Right? Is there a way that you can feel like highlight the loss or the lack of less and instead see where you can build it up and mm-hmm. just recognize also that for this time, yep. for this time in your partnership, th- this one thing has to be less of a priority and the other thing has to be more. That's really Absolutely. hard, yep. but that's what that's what has to happen here.
0: Yep. And you can you can also reach a point where you say. I need this thing that isn't being provided. Correct. And I need to find that somewhere else.
1: 100%.
0: You have the right to say that with a I mean in open and honest communication with your partner around what that looks like and an understanding what they can and cannot abide by, but you have the right to ask for the things that you want even if your partner is sick.
1: Absolutely. And even if your
0: partner is physically and emotionally incapable of giving you them, doesn't mean that you still don't need them. Totally. And so absolutely in this time ways to figure out how you can highlight the things that that they are giving you and focus on those is great, but you also need to to recognize when you can't continue to be in this relationship. Totally. When you can't continue to to get the things that you need and that might never happen, right? That might you might be able to continue this relationship f- for as long as it as it goes and that's that's absolutely fantastic but you also need to be aware that you can't erase yourself just because your partner is going through something that is so um so difficult
1: right absolutely and this is hard and complicated and it this is. and this is what love looks like outside of the movies <laughs> right you know yep it's true yep um this is what long-term commitment comes up against life this is life absolutely and i hope you feel at least a little bit more seen um by two strangers um somewhere across
0: the world thank you so much for writing we love you all right that brings us to our blind date segments so the blind date segment is when we shout out something that we think you're really gonna like and want to send you home with this week we want to set you up with
1: (sighs) Okay, so this is the first time that I'm going to do a food product. <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: This is, okay. But I, it truly has made my life better. It's called True Lemon.
0: Uh huh. They're okay. not sponsoring us, y'all.
1: No, they're not. They're not sponsoring us. It's it's just like uh, Sam and I try to have the blind date be something that we think is going to enrich your life in one way or another. And honest to God, since I started using this product, I drink so much more water. Mm. So it is. It's either like powders like, a a thing of powder or packets of powder of dehydrated lemon, 100% lemon, um, like, astronaut style, and um, I put it in my water, and then it gives my water, like, a citrusy taste, Mm -hmm. and it's natural, there's no sugar or anything, Um, it's just lemon, and it makes me, for somebody like me who, I enjoy water, but, like, I don't find myself wanting to drink, um, like, 10 quarts or whatever the recommended thing is it makes me um like just chug more water it tastes really so refreshing and good and it's easy to travel with and this is going to be the nerdiest thing that i share on the podcast ever i love reviews (laughs) (laughs) i love reviews um i love hotel reviews Uh amazon reviews movie reviews i just think they're funny um and the reviews of the true lemon were so good it was like People saying, oh, I like a, a lemon wedge with my tea, but the lemon would always go bad mm-hmm. or it'd be so sticky I couldn't travel with it or whatever. And these I have like a bunch in my coat pocket, a bunch in my wallet, a bunch in my kitchen. And they, and I've been drinking consistently, I've been drinking so much more water every day because of them. It's, I just couldn't suggest this more genuinely i know you hate me for doing this but it's such a genuine suggestion i really love my fucking true lemon and they come in different flavors
0: that's so great i love how much you love that
1: i do i'm gonna give you a packet i
0: love that for you oh
1: thank you (laughs) oh god also before we wrap up yeah uh did you know our birthday is next week
0: oh my god amazing.
1: I know. We, uh, Sam and I share a birthday on June 2nd. Yep. And so uh, this upcoming Sunday, we are going to be turning a ripe 21.
0: That's right. Both of us at the same time. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't want to be 21. Please don't <laughs> yeah, make yeah, me yeah, be 21 yeah, yeah, ever yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod.
1: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
0: Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review, and please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you give us $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional weekly episode. That's Patreon.com slash JustBreakUpPod. This really helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
1: Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, this week, I'm going to dare you to give your body what it needs. I'm going to dare you to give your mind the time and attention it deserves. Head and heart work takes time and intention. Your feelings matter, and your happiness matters. What would your life look like if you prioritize joy, healing, growth, This week, practice cultivating and keeping that peace. And if all else fails,
0: just break up.